Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. For this week, we begin with Perek Hey, Mishnah Yudches, Chapter 5, Mishnah 18. The Mishnah begins. There are four types among those who sit before the sages. Now, just to give a little bit of an intro, we're continuing with the sets of four. And the Mishnah is discussing um, the types of traits that can be found in students in regards to logic and understanding. The different types of, I guess, intellects when it regard when it comes to taking in an idea or absorbing an idea and the mission is going to break it into four different parts now the Mishnah is going to go through each one of these four so we have a sponge a funnel a strainer and a sieve those are the four traits that are compared to the four types of people when it comes to understanding something or the four types of intellects in regards to absorbing information. So the first one that the Mishnah lists is a svoig. Svoig is a sponge. And the Mishnah says, he absorbs everything. That means there's a student that takes everything in. Any information that he receives, it goes right in, he absorbs it all. And the sages comment, that there's a downside to that because he cannot filter out what's not necessarily good. He just takes everything in and cannot discern between good information and bad information. Number two, mishafich. A mishafich is a funnel. That a person who's compared to a funnel, meaning he understands the information but does not retain the information because the funnel, even though it comes in on one side, it comes out on the other side. So he could understand everything, but he doesn't retain it. As opposed to the, the sponge, a person who's a sponge takes in everything, but he does retain. He just cannot discern between good information and bad information. Mishameres is a is a, a strainer. And what does a strainer do? It takes it which lets the wine flow through the flow through and retains the sediment. And a sieve which allows the the flower dust to pass through and retains the fine flour. So the last two is a strainer, and we're going to get to that soon. Exactly what that is that it holds back and allows the the wine to flow through. It holds the sediment back. And the fourth trait that's listed here, the fourth type of person, is a sieve, which is meant to separate the good flour, to hold the good flour and allow the bad flour, or the coarse part of the, of the kernel to fall through and go away and while you keep the good stuff. Now, th- those are the four types of, um, those are the four types of people when it comes to understanding 
the Mishnah is giving us an understanding of how we should attain true scholarship and true for perfection. Because in the previous Mishnahs, we've been discussing the different types of people when they go to the study hall. We've been discussing the four types of people when it comes to anger and different areas that, that, we, are, that we need to work on. And I feel like the, the reason that the Mishnah lists this is because if we don't have an understanding of the different types in regards to learning, in regards to scholarship, and the different areas of absorbing information, if we don't have these definitions of these different you know, types of people, if we, if we don't have, you know, if we're not categorizing, so it's harder to have, I guess, goals and aspirations when you yourself don't know where to place, you know, where we don't know or when we don't know how to place ourselves. But if we see that there's different types of people who have different strengths and weaknesses, we're able to, I guess, identify maybe who we closely associate with or which one of these traits we associate with. And we can work on ourselves based on that. Because once we know that we're like a sponge and we take everything in. So now I know, okay, I need to work on discerning between good information and bad information. If I know that I, I, you know, I, I, that it's hard for me to retain information like a funnel. So now I can focus on trying to remember small pieces of information to work on that. But if we never have a clear understanding um, of what the types and, and of, of character development and scholarship of what's out there and what the levels that we can attain. So we'll never have the ability to train true scholarship and true perfection. So that's why the Mishnah is spending the last bunch of Mishnahs giving us clear explanations and clear guidance onto the different traits of people in regards to money, the different traits of people regarding anger, the different traits of people when it comes to going to the study hall. And specifically over here, the different types of people in regards to learning and regards to logic, because we need to have this understanding of what's out there. Because if we don't, and when I say what's out there, I don't mean what's outside, but in regards to how the mind works and how we take in information. Because if we want to learn and we want to be better and we want to study more Torah, so we have to know where do we fit in. And I feel that once we know where we fit in, we know our, and we hopefully know our strengths and weaknesses, we'll be able to work on the things which we have a hard time with to make ourselves better and to improve ourselves. So I think that's um, one of the lessons of this Mishnah. You know, if you've been wondering why the last few Mishnahs have been just listing different traits of people that, and I think it's, this is a key idea because when we have these ideas and these traits clear in our mind, number one is, we can't make excuses as to why we do certain things because the Mishnah lists the different types of people that have certain types of traits. Some of them are, are a pious person. Some of them are, are a wicked person. So we can't just rationalize things away. And number two is the, the point I'm saying tonight is that we, we can know how to work on ourselves. We have a roadmap, a guide on how to improve ourselves to be better in whatever area in life, it may be. Maybe it's in anger. Maybe it's in scholarship. Maybe it's in regards to our money. Maybe it's in regards to how we deal with other people. But when we have a clear 
roadmap from the Mishnah of the different types of people and the different types of ways that people interact with others and the, all the different traits of how we take in information, we're able to see how we can improve and go based off of that. Now, the first point I wanted to bring out from the actual wording of the Mishnah is that the Mishnah starts off with Arba Midos Biyoshim Lufnei Chachamim, that there are four types among those who sit before the sages. Right. And as I mentioned before, this Mishnah deals with the different types of intellect and logic, uh, how people take in ideas and understand things, how, how people understand an idea and process it. But and there's different levels. Some some of the traits are better than others. Right. As we're, we're going to see later on in the Mishnah, that the best type of trait is that if someone should, their mind should be like a sieve, which takes which you know keeps the good stuff in and allows the bad stuff to go out. So certain things, certain traits are better than others. But one thing we see in common over here that runs throughout this Mishnah is that no matter who the Mishnah is referring to, it could be a person who's like a sponge. It could be like the person who's a sieve. It doesn't matter. It says a person, we start off by saying, Arba that there are four types among those who sit before the sages. And there's a very powerful lesson that can be learned from this. And no matter how bright you are or how skilled you are or how talented you are, when it comes to Torah learning and when it comes to our, our, I guess, our spiritual lives, it's integral to be to sit in front of the sages. What does that mean? It means to have a Rebbe, to have a rabbi, a teacher, someone who can teach you the correct way in Torah and, and in the yeshiva system, from a very young age, children have a Rebbe who teaches them the different methodologies of learning, whether it be learning Chumash, the five books of Moses, or whether it be learning Mishnah or Gemara. There's always instruction from a Rebbe, from a teacher, who knows what to ask and what not to ask and how to learn and how not to learn. And that, that's given over to the student, and actually it's a very integral part of, of the yeshiva learning experience is getting a Rebbe. And, and it's not just for learning because it's really an integral thing in life as well. That even, obviously, number one is a person, when, he does, when a person learns and starts learning, it is important to have someone to learn from so that he can correct you if you make a mistake. But additionally, even aside from Torah learning, it's very important to have a spiritual mentor, meaning a rabbi, a rebbe, a, 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 good, um, a good mentor, someone who you can talk to, to, to make sure that the advice or the thoughts that we're thinking, not, not even the thoughts that we're thinking, but the things that we're doing in our spiritual lives are correct. Because it's very easy for us to rationalize things and to do things, even if it's not necessarily so so correct, because the human mind has a, is a very funny thing, is a very powerful tool, and many times we're able to make something which is incorrect correct by rationalizing. But when you have a third party, um, who's sort of a guiding light in your life, they're able to tell you if you're thinking straight or not. 
are your is the decision you're making is it grounded is it is it make sense so when it comes to spiritual life or when it comes to our spiritual lives whether we should do something or we should not do something and even for other parts of our lives as well for important decisions it's always good to have someone to speak to and and for many it's their their rebbe their rabbi and it doesn't always necessarily have to be a a rabbi you know it is no, always good to have a Torah scholar who's someone who could help you through with decisions. But it's even could even be a a uh, someone you look up to, someone you trust, someone who has Torah values to help you make a decision, the correct decision when it's a spiritual decision. Should we do something or should we not do something? Because we to have that neutral third party is indisposable. That someone who can tell us if we're thinking incorrectly or if we are thinking correctly. And I feel like many times today, it's something which is not so common that people don't necessarily have the positive role models that are needed in order to make the correct decisions. I feel like it's something which is lacking today. And it's just, it's important to think about these things, to have this third party that can prevent us from making a decision which can go off the cliff, off the cliff, because many times we're blinded by our by our own desires and our own wants that we can make a decision incorrectly because our personal our conf, personal conflicts of interest that we have, and it's just something which is important. I actually used to have a a rebbe myself who always used to say that a good rebbe, a good rabbi tells you things you don't want to hear. He tells you things that you, you're not interested in hearing. And what he meant by that was that someone who is a, a teacher, a mentor, a guide for someone else in their life, helping someone along in their path in life, if he just tells you everything you want to hear, that means you got a problem. Because not everything that we think of is always correct. But someone who tells you that you're not thinking straight, and tells you things which are hard for you to hear sometimes, not all the time, that's a good Rebbe because he has your best interest in, in mind. If we just hear everything, if we just have an echo chamber and we hear everything we want to hear, are we always going to make the right decisions? Probably not. Because like I said before, we have our desires, we have our wants, and that could push us to look at things in a certain way. But if somebody has a mentor, a Rebbe, a teacher, who, who can tell them that they're not thinking straight, tell them something they don't want to hear, that's a good Rebbe because they're ultimately that's going to prevent them from going off the cliff. Now, it might be... Now, some of you might be thinking, what, it's, it's such a strange thing. I should, I should speak to a third party about personal things in my life. Someone should make a decision for me. I'm in charge of my life. So why should a rabbi or a teacher make decisions for me? I'll make my own decisions, right? What do I need a rabbi for? And I, I can hear that question. Now, I just want to push away that preconceived notion because the job of a rabbi is not necessarily to do that to, or a teacher or a mentor is not to make decisions for you. It's not to do that, to decide for us. Uh, rabbis don't necessarily do that. Now, there are situations where they do, and I'll explain. Because in a situation of halacha, in a question of halacha, of Jewish law, so 
you have a question. Is this permitted or is this not permitted? And the rabbi, he's not giving his own answer. He's basing his answer based in Shulchan Aruch, Jewish law, the code of Jewish law. So since you don't necessarily know all the, all the laws, you have to ask somebody who's more knowledgeable and see what the Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, says about the specific question you have. What is the Torah's outlook on this certain situation, on, the, on, this, um, on this situation? So then a rabbi gives a straight answer. Is it permitted or is it not permitted? But for other decisions in our lives, it's not that the mentor or rabbi or teacher or guide is making the decision for you. It's rather, it's, it's him just helping us see if our, our thoughts or our, our, our train of thought are in bounds. Meaning, are we thinking straightly? Or is or are we missing something? Is there something that we didn't think about? And it's, like I said before, it's that neutral third party looking from the outside in to make sure we are, we are making the correct decision. Because ultimately, decisions people make, they have to make them on their own. And people, most people don't like it when other people make decisions for them. At least I'm like that. You know, I need to make the decision myself. I don't like it if someone makes a decision for me. So the way I look at the relationship between a, a uh, Rebbe, a mentor, and a student is that the, the Rebbe is there to sort of make sure that the Talmud, the student, is in bounds, that his train of thought is sound, and there's no holes in his logic. And obviously, like I said, there are certain exceptions when it comes down to Jewish law, where it's a question of halacha, and then a question is asked because it's a straightforward question. It's what does halacha say about this situation? So therefore, the rabbi is giving you an answer, yes or no, but it's not his answer. It's based in Shulchan Arach, as opposed to a regular case in life where it's a question, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? And it, when we speak it out with others, we gain more clarity in our decision, but we are ultimately making that decision. Another point which I wanted to bring out from this Mishnah is that we see from the Mishnah that we're listing different types of people, right, who are sitting before the sages, and they're, they're compared to different objects, right? You have a sponge, you have a funnel, you have a strainer, you have a sieve, and we see clearly from the Mishnah that people's minds work in different ways. That the way people absorb information differs from one person to the next. And that's just a fact of life. Nothing wrong with it. And obviously, some people might have it easier than others because the way they absorb information is maybe more efficient than in others. But we see that different people have ways of absorbing information. And this really brings out a, a, a very important lesson for us to learn. There's a famous educator. I think his name is Rich Lavoie. And he became very well known for his work in special education. And one of the things he does in some of his workshops is he takes people who don't have any learning disabilities and he sort of sets up a scenario where he wants them to 
understand and feel the same way that somebody who would be dyslexic would feel or somebody who had a learning disability would feel if they're put on the spot and, and people don't know what, what the issue is. And I'll, and I'll explain. So he'll, he'll take, let's say, a word and break it up in funny ways. It's a regular spells, any, you know, spells a word. And I'll break it up in an interesting way that the way that a regular person will process it can take us a long time. And I'll start screaming, why can't you read the word? Why can't you read the word? And you could just imagine that when a person with a, has a learning disability is in a classroom and no one knows about it, the teacher doesn't know about it, and everyone's, and he feels this pressure. The way he sees the word is like, is, is totally different than we see it. It's sort of, it's the, it's the, um, it's similar to how he does this experiment or this exercise, Rich Lavo, Rick Lavoie, with these um, participants where he takes these words and he breaks them up in funny ways so that even if somebody who has no learning disability looks at them, it's very hard to read and hard to understand because of the way it's broken up. And he's, and he screams at the person to just to have them feel, to get the feeling how someone who has a challenge is feeling when you do that to them, because they're seeing these words that are broken up funny, even though to us, we see a, we see a word DOG dog to them. It's all broken up the way their mind works, the way it processes in their brain is different for them that they see it totally different. They see it, you know, the, the, the regular word of cat or any word, the way they see it is totally broken up in their mind because they process information differently. And then he, 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 the goal of his workshops a lot of times is to give you an understanding of someone who's, who has a learning disability so that they can serve them better. So the Mishnah is giving us an insight into the fact that this fact, that people absorb information differently. Some people are like sponges. Some people are like a funnel. Some people are like a, a sieve. Some people like a, a, a filter, a strainer. Now, it's the job of a teacher, a good teacher, to make sure that all the ideas that he or she gives are clear, that all the different types of people can understand it. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that they'll have to do it in one time, teaching the, the subject one time in one way, everyone will understand. That's not probably not going to happen. But rather, a good teacher has to know how to communicate an idea in a few different ways clearly, so that all the people and all the types of learners can understand and grasp the idea fully. And this is something we have to understand. The Torah is on the forefront or has been on the forefront of education for thousands of years, even before the discovery of all these different learning techniques. And the, the mission of Pirkei is telling us that there's different types of people and how they absorb information. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Obviously, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to be better. Some people might have it easier than others, but as long as we're trying to work on ourselves. But as far as the person who's teaching the Torah or giving over the information, they have to realize that everyone's different. And the way you give it over to one person might not work for another person. And that's really a, a key component in being an effective teacher is to give something over in a, in a few different ways, clearly. Now, you might say to yourself, okay, I'm not a teacher, so what does it have to do with me? What does this Mishnah have to do with me? I don't teach people. I don't teach Torah. I'm not an English teacher. 
What can I learn from the Mishnah? And what do I always say? That every Mishnah has something for each and every one of us. So the lesson that I want to take out from this is that even if you're not a teacher, this lesson is very important. The lesson that people absorb information differently. I'll explain. How many times have we gotten into fights with people because of a misunderstanding, because of a lack of information, because of a miscommunication? Probably 95% of the time, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe more, fights happen because people don't know how to communicate with each other. If we knew how to communicate properly, most of our fights that we have with other people or disagreements wouldn't happen. Because when someone, when someone gets into an argument with someone else, usually he said one thing, he, the other person thought he meant something else, and now they're angry, and then it just keeps escalating. That's a high percentage of the time. I don't know if it's 95% of the time, but it's a lot. Probably the majority of the time. Very rarely the people get into just total open warfare with each other. It doesn't really happen. It's more of a miscommunication. He said, he said, she said, the back and forth, right? In marriage, how, how often does it happen that the, there's a, a disagreement between a husband and wife because he thought she meant one thing, she thought he meant another thing, and now they're in a fight. This happens all the time. So it's an integral bit of information for us to know that this mission is telling us we have to be clear when we speak to people that people's minds process information differently. And we shouldn't assume that the way we understand things, that if we, and if we understood something clearly, that our spouse, our friend, our, our parent understood it in the same way, that just like it's clear to us, it's clear to them. We should not think that because some people are like sponges. Some people are like funnels. Some people are like, are like um, some people are like strainers. Some people are like sieves, that the way people process information is different. And we have to realize that. And especially when it comes with our, especially when it comes to our relationships, we have to have a recognition that people process information differently. And the way that we take in is not necessarily the way that someone else takes in. So when we communicate with others, especially when it's important information, we should try to be clear to others. And on the same token, we should also give people the benefit of the doubt when they're trying to tell information over to us that if we have a certain understanding, it seems like someone said something a little off to us or maybe did someone insult us. We shouldn't think right away that they insulted us. We shouldn't think right away that they're out to get us. Maybe they thought they were being clear to us and they weren't. Maybe they thought they gave over that idea. Maybe they didn't realize that you didn't fully grasp everything. So number one is we should realize that when we give over information, we should try to be as clear as possible. And number two is when we take in information and people communicate with us, we should also have this realization that sometimes people aren't clear and we shouldn't let that lead to a fight that we should be angry. So we give someone the benefit of the doubt that maybe they didn't give over the information clearly or there's a game of broken telephone here where someone miscommunicated with another. And it just reminds me, actually, in a lot of hospitals and medical professionals, 
there's something that you do. It's called, I think it's called sensitivity training that they train the doctors and nurses in different cultures, I guess, what people do in different cultures, because the way that a person in one culture could express themselves using, you know, certain words could be totally unacceptable in another culture where someone could, could totally misunderstand the doctor because he's using a certain, you know, a certain set of phrases, which is normal for an American, but for a, um, someone from Spain, it's means totally something totally different. So they, it's, they give these doctors and nurses training that they should understand the, the cultural differences, the cultural, um, you know, things that people might miss when it comes from the different, when it comes to different things that we do, as opposed to what another culture does not do. And this really ties into this idea because people are different where people are from, obviously make them different as well. So having this realization that not everyone thinks the same way as us and people take in information differently is an integral part or integral step in being able to communicate effectively with others in the best way possible that God willing, we shouldn't get into fights with others and misunderstandings with others. Cause number one is that when we take in, we realize that it's not always clear. People sometimes say things they don't necessarily mean to say. And I don't mean that in a mean way. They're trying to give information. This, this is the way they do it. And a lot of times when we give information, make sure we are extra clear to do our best to make sure the information is totally crystal clear. So I just wanted to go through the, the actual different traits quickly of the Mishnah, and I started on it before. So the first person referred to is a sponge. So a sponge is, some, is a type of person that takes all the information in, and, and um, he doesn't differentiate between good and bad. That he's not able to discern the, the bad stuff that has to go out. He just takes everything in. And he takes in all the water, a sponge, just like a, a, a sponge can absorb everything. So do this type of student. He just absorbs all information and cannot discern between good and bad. The funnel is a type of person who takes in all the information and he understands, but at the same time, it goes out. You know, the expression in one ear, out the other, that he understands, everything goes in and but at the same time, everything goes out. He understands, but it's not fully, fully grasped because everything is going out as well. And he does not retain what goes in. A strainer is referring to a student and, and, and what the example uses is going by wine, that a wine strainer is used to, you pour the wine through and the sediment stays in the strainer while the good wine goes out and it gets into the bottle. So over here, the strainer is taking all the, all the, the stuff, which is not so good. This, the, the sediment is really the, the stuff you don't want. It's the waste product and the good stuff, the wine is going out. So this person, when he learns, he remembers all the things which are not important. He doesn't keep all the good information. All the good stuff goes out and the sediment remains, the things which are, I guess, the useless information and the important things slip away.
And number four is a sieve. A sieve is what we use when we want to sift flour to make it even finer. So when we take a sieve, you put the kernels, I guess, and the, the you put the flour there and, it, and you shake it and the good flour stays above and the bad stuff goes to the bottom or the less valuable flour goes through and stays. So now this person, all the good stuff stays in his mind, but the stuff which is not necessarily needed, he's able to discern and let it go out of his mind. So the truth stays in, the essential truth stay in, and the false, the, the stuff which is not necessarily so good goes out. Now, the, uh, in regards to these four types of students, we see another idea which is, a, I guess, a common thread that runs throughout all four. That the, the common denominator is that when it comes to all these different types of people, we see that in the beginning, everything goes in. Now, it's questionable, does everything go in and nothing come out? Does everything go in and everything go out? Does the good stuff go in and the bad stuff go out? Does the bad stuff go in and the good stuff go out, right? So there's different things what happens once it comes into the person's mind. But we see clearly that everything goes in. And this really brings me to an important lesson that there is an expression that's used. I don't know where it's from, the source of it, but it goes, it, it, says, it says, you are what you eat. That if you eat certain things, you're going to turn into that, right? And sometimes it's used with kosher, that we say if a person eats a, something which is not kosher, so they're going to become impure as well because the kosher, anim, kosher animals are pure. Things that are kosher are pure and things that are not kosher are impure. So that expression is used for many things. You are what you eat. But it's the same goes for what we take in, what we see, what information goes into our mind. Because everything, as I said before, the common denominator here is that everything goes in. What we see, whether it be on TV, around us, we listen to, what we read, it goes into our mind. It goes into our neshama. And maybe some of it comes out. Maybe some of it doesn't come out but it goes in and it affects us. I had a Rebbe who used to always tell us that if we would stop watching television for a month and then turn on the television after that month and start seeing the, the gore that's on even a regular television show, it would bother us because we would be, our true essence is a sensitive, we all have sensitive souls and because we always are exposed to this violence, whether it be on TV or on video games or wherever it is, we become desensitized. We become numb to all these things which are really very serious, whether it be uh, you know, murder, killing, all these different types of horrible things. So he said, if you stop watching these things for a while, you'll become sensitized again. The pipes will be de unclogged. And it's just an important point because things that go into us they stay in us everything goes in everything we see it and it has effect on our neshama it can make us unsensitive to to you know and when we use our sensitivities in places where it's not supposed to be we we lose it for where we need it because we have we only have a limited amount of emotions and if we use those emotions in the wrong places we're not going to be able to use it in the right places so it's very important 
that a person should be careful where he looks, what type of things he watches, um, what information he takes in, because it's all inside. And there's actually an amazing story, which I heard recently, that there was this woman who was having a very complicated brain surgery. And it was a long surgery. And at a certain point in the operation, I left at one point. And for this brain surgery, they had to keep this woman awake. They numbed the rest of her body, but they had to keep her awake during the operation. So they could say to get out this, I guess, disease or, or um, cancer, they needed to touch certain places and say, did I touch it? Did I, are, we, are we getting it? Are we getting it? And they're doing this surgery while she was awake. And at a certain point in the surgery, they touched the spot and she screamed. The doctors got all startled. They stopped and they asked her, what's the matter? Is everything okay? Is everything okay? And he said, I'm sorry. And she said to them that she they touched the part in her brain and she saw in her mind a, a flash of her aunt looking over her into her crib. And this aunt had passed away when she was a year, a year old. So the, the brain, meaning she saw when she was a baby, this aunt, and it was inside her mind. The memory was videotaped in there. It was, it was inside and it just had to be activated. It touched that this doctor, they touched a certain spot and it made that memory come out. And we just see this lesson that when it comes to taking information, we'd be very careful about what goes into our minds, what we take in, what we should let inside into our mind. And that's something which is I just wanted to bring out, which I also think from this mission, because we see very clearly from all the different traits that in the beginning, all the information goes in, everything goes in. It's just the question is, does it all come out? Does the good stuff stay in? Does the good stuff go out? But the lesson is clear is that when it comes to taking in things, we should make sure to be selective, to be careful what we look at, what we see, what we absorb. And therefore, we can when we do that, we'll keep our, I guess, our, our sensitivities uncorrupted and pure and we're, we'll be able to use our emotions for the correct things for, in the proper places and God willing, be better people. So with that, I wanted to finish today's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoy it. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. Have a great day.